Hello, everyone, and welcome to our second podcast put on by the members of the SCC Tech Nurse Committee titled Ask SCCT. I am your host, David Kay, from Minneapolis Heart Institute at Abbott Northwestern Hospital in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Today, we are happy to have another member of the committee, Nikki Weber. Nikki is a lead CT tech at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Nikki, welcome. Hello, David. Thank you. So today, over the last couple of years or so, at the SCCT annual meeting, we fielded several questions that routinely get asked of us members. So we thought we'd put a few of them out there today just so we could help clear the air and clarify some things. Nikki, let's just jump in. Question number one. Are there specific requirements that are needed in order to scan a coronary CTA? What do you think? Well, David, there are. And uh, the, probably the biggest scanner require, requirement is ECG gating. And that means the scanner is going to track the patient's heart rate and, that it uses to trigger the scanning. There's a couple different modes of scanning that you can use, prospective and retrospective. And each facility is going to have their own reasons for using the different modes for different indications. So it's just really helpful if you understand the difference between those two things and then where it goes, where, when to use them and, and how to um, change things. Another thing you need is the ability to scan submillimeter slice thicknesses. There's tube power limits that are that are necessary or increased for the ECG scan. Sorry, scanning sub-millimeter, so we're collimating down, which means we have to use more technique, more KVP when we when needed with larger patients, that's, correct? That's correct, that's correct, David. Yeah, so if you don't have a high output generator, your size of the patients that you scan are gonna be greatly decreased, so. Got it. All right, so of course we all want that perfect patient. Uh, the patient with a slow, steady heart rate would be perfect, but we know that doesn't happen in reality. So sometimes we need to use beta blockers, which will slow down the heart rate. We use nitroglycerin in order to increase the size of the coronary arteries so that we can evaluate stenosis better. The Reconstructions, which we talked about, a thin axial data set with overlap is very helpful. And there's a ton of tools out there right now that the radiologists can, and cardiologists can look at manipulating the images and take care of the rest. Outstanding. I think you'd probably also add just really a good general understanding of current dose reduction techniques is, is helpful. Yes, and there when are growing numbers of ways to reduce. And that, that can happen with, with your prospective gating. It can happen by decreasing your KV. Those are things that you can talk with your physicians and physicists in the area. You know, I was just thinking of something else, Nikki. Uh, even just limiting your scan playing, knowing where to start, where to end that scan, really limits dose and, and is so much safer for the patient. So, outstanding. Let's move on to question number two. How do you know if your contrast timing for a coronary CTA is acceptable? Well, David, I would probably look at my axial data set 
And if you place your cursor over the distal right coronary, or if they can't see that, the left side was acceptable also. If the Hounsfield units range between 300 and 400 Hounsfield units, that should be okay. We also want to try to wash out the right ventricle, wash the contrast out of the right ventricle. That makes it easier to see the right coronary artery as it passes beside that ventricle. Outstanding. Great. That's what uh, we also use that same technique, both those techniques, or both those principles we apply at our site. You know, one other thing, David, we discussed the making sure that the Hounsfield units are at a certain Hounsfield unit, or excuse me, the pixels are at a Hounsfield unit. But if you have too much noise in your image, you won't be able to differentiate the structures and you won't be able to differentiate between noise and contrast. So that is something to be aware of. Good point. So what you're saying is you don't want to be too photon starved, maybe going through the liver, something like that, where, where it does get a little bit more dense, thicker, more to penetrate. Yeah. We had talked about trying to reduce the re the radiation doses, and so that's why I thought this would tie into that area. Nice. Okay. And by the way, our next podcast will be on contrast protocols for CCTA. So we'll get we'll go much more uh, deeper, more granular into this topic at our next podcast. That would be okay. Very let's move on to yes. Thank you. Let's move on to question number three. I know when scanning a coronary CTA, you need to obtain the images in diastole. The question is, would there ever be a need to acquire the data systole? Okay, David. So the, the way that I'm going to answer this is if we're using retrospective gating, you can reconstruct at diastolic, a diastolic phase. But if you are, if you're noticing that there's some motion in the right coronary artery, it will allow you the chance to reconstruct in systolic phases also. If you're doing a prospective gating acquisition, and the heart rates are around 50 to 65, acquiring in the diastolic phase is wonderful. If your heart rate is above 70, it's probably better to do the 35 to 45% systolic phase acquisition. Outstanding. That's We apply those principles as well up at Minneapolis Heart Institute at Abbott Northwestern. It's a good rule. Now one other time that you may have to do an actual systolic phase, and this is in the aortic valve replacement with the TAVR patient, they realized that they were undersizing the valve because we were doing all our measurements in a diastolic phase. So now they've switched and they're doing their reconstruction or measurements in the systolic phase and it's helped with the sizing. So that's just one example of when a clinical requirement of systolic versus diastolic phase. Yeah, thanks for throwing that in with regarding the TAVR. Okay, question number, this may be a basic question, but what is padding, Nikki? By padding, do you mean pulsing window and the radiation window? Is that what you're referring to also, do you think? I do. I think so. You could explain the pulsing window, the radiation window, and what what is out, what do, is there padding outside of that? Okay. So it's my understanding that when you turn on that radiation dose, 
there's that's what we call the pulsing window in the retrospective scanning you're scanning the entire time so there's a, a time of the r to r interval that is low or minimal radiation and then there's the routine dose and you can so if you set that at 60 to 70 percent of that r to r interval the space outside of it you can kind of get some images you can reconstruct outside of that it's just inherently built in if it if you need if you need to um, in prospective that's a little bit tighter meaning the radiation dose is either on or off so you don't have as much leeway in there got it so what i think you just said is if you do need if you cannot stop motion on any of the intervals within that window the pulsing window that you set up give going outside that that window a chance whether it's four or five percent either way does that right. make sense does that seem right good i think so yeah especially on the on prospective or excuse me on retrospective gating you're going to have a little bit more chance to get some images outside of that radiation or outside of that pulsing window excellent well, I think that wraps up our 10 minutes here, Nikki. And I'd just like to remind everyone that the reference, any of these um, approaches are in the SCCT guidelines that you can reference if you go online to scct.org. And again, we will see you next time here uh, on our third podcast where we're going to be discussing IV contrast. Well, we'd like to just thank everyone for joining us today and to remember, we're, our next podcast, we're going to be discussing contrast protocols, tips, and tricks to success. Thank you, and have a great day.